0: Something just fell down (laughs) the vent under my foot and it scared me. It's fine. It's (laughs) fine. Uh, Yeah, we moved into a new house and it sounds very different from our old house. It's very different. It has a lot of sounds. Uh, It
1: makes a lot of noises. Yeah. Normal noises. We
0: figured out some Mm -hmm. of them, but like just earlier, I was here getting set up and I hear a buzz come on. And I was like, what is that buzzing sound? That's not going to work. And it was you microwaving. And so I hear the buzz and then the buzz stops and I'm like, okay, good. It went away and then it started again. And so you were like, oh, this will only take 30 seconds, like four times. <laughs> you just kept starting and stopping. And it took me like three times before I figured out it was the microwave. Um, but there's nobody downstairs to microwave. So we're good now. No buzzing noises. Just ghosts in the vents.
1: Hi there. Welcome to the Thought Honey Podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Andy. And we're going to start today's episode off with the quote of the day.
0: Here we go. This is from Jackie Joyner Kersey. She was an Olympic ath- ath- athlete. 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 <laughs> athlete in track and field. Uh, won some medals. Mm-hmm. So she was She's good. It's kind
1: of a big deal. Go girl. Was a big deal. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And she said, if I stop to kick every barking dog, I am not going to get where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So let me start by saying well, we don't condone violence against animals. No
1: kicking puppy. No dogs were harmed in the making of this.
0: <laughs> uh, kicking a barking dog, it's a saying. It's not a literal thing. You yeah. love sayings, right? I you're love, really, I you're love really them. Good I'm really at them.
1: bad at them. Yeah. I feel like I'd mix this one up.
0: <laughs> uh, I yeah. don't
1: want to mix this one up. I think we've
0: talked about this before, but Leah's really good at mixing up sayings. Yeah. Um, I just wonder where some of them come from like i was thinking today you know the saying oh we made out like bandits yeah. and it's like we got a good haul whenever to this day whenever i hear we made out like bandits i was like yeah how do bandits make out it's like the police are coming Bandits, told you know? me they have the me. best
1: reputation for like, the best kissers
2: <laughs> those yeah bandits. It's, it's
0: just the pressure of the police closing in it's just like real good for making out yeah yeah so attention make out like bandits yep um so back to the quote If I stop to kick every barking dog, I am not going to get where I'm going. What I think about, and the reason I picked this quote is I'm imagining that, you know, you're walking down the sidewalk and imagine in this scene, there are thousands of dogs yipping at you, right? They're not doing anything. They're just yipping at you and it's super annoying and it's obnoxious and it's grabbing your attention and it's making you crazy. And if you stop to like yell at or try to deal with every little dog Mm -hmm. because they are I'm sure all little dogs (laughs) Um, then you're not going to get anywhere and I think Mm -hmm. about how many uh, barking dogs I just did air quotes you can't see that but I did it Uh, (laughs) there are these days like the the age of information and technology that we're in it's like we get on the Internet and we argue with strangers constantly, you know, yeah. on Facebook. And you're just like, oh, that person posted something political that I disagree with. And we stop and we engage and we don't understand why they are the way that they are. And mm-hmm. then we talk about how much we hate the Internet and then we do it again.
1: Yeah. And... It's true. The Internet makes a lot more barking dogs than what you might get without it. Oh, so many. Sure. So well, many barking how many dogs. How many notifications do you have that pop up on your phone saying, look at me, pay attention to me, look over here. Mm-hmm. This is important. I feel like that goes along with those same things where the world is constantly going to pull you one direction or another saying, this is important. Pay attention to this. You have to have energy for this. this is This is what needs your attention. And you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to be stuck in a circle just yeah. trying to do it all.
0: And we've I mean, you and I have talked about this where you have more of a tendency to um, I I can go read the comments. Oh, yeah. And ignore them all. So I I just go read the comments for fun sometimes. But you will read the comments and get, you know, emotionally invested and so on. It
1: hurts my soul.
0: And um, it's, you know, and that's fine. It's just a difference of personality. I mean, it's something that I can do that. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, get emotional the for therapist. me and it bothers you, right? <laughs> um, the but uh, the the point being that we're all just one, you're just one person. Mm-hmm. That's all any of us really is, is one person. And one person cannot solve all the world's problems. Mm-hmm. You cannot help every person who needs help. You will burn out and you will have nothing left. And then how are you going to help anybody? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, you can't engage in every single cause and every single conversation and the the thing it used to be so much easier to ignore we had a a much smaller percentage i can remember a time where it was significantly less likely that you were going to be confronted or that you were going to come across something that wanted to grab your attention yeah like it is today i mean there are so many different platforms and everything is digital and all it's just crazy
1: it's at your fingertips all the time yeah whereas before i mean we both lived through a time where it was like if you wanted to find something out you had to jump through hoops and like seek it out and wait for that dial-up internet you know (laughs) yeah
0: and and it's because there's so much more information and there's so much more stuff coming at us constantly we now have to be much better at regulating it mm -hmm. um In the past, it might be, you know, oh, I got really overwhelmed today because a whole bunch of things just came and found me. Mm -hmm. But now, every day is that. And so you have to make really conscious choices about what you engage in and everything else you kind of have to ignore. Mm -hmm. And it feels wrong sometimes, right? Like sometimes you see something where you're like, Mm -hmm. that's horrible. I need to say something. Mm -hmm. And you, you don't always because... Again, because
2: you can't always.
0: Yeah, it'll it, you'll get all you'll use up all of your energy on that, and you won't have energy left for the people in your life. You won't have energy left mm-hmm. to feel good about yourself and your life as it is, and so on. Um, it's really important that we learn how to ignore barking dogs. It's kind of where I, yeah. I went with. I this. I see where
1: you went with this quote. It's a good one aside from the kicking dogs.
0: Yeah, don't don't kick dogs. Time for our buzzword. Go for it. <laughs> That's me.
1: So, our buzzword for today is delight. And as a verb, it means to please greatly. As a noun, it's great pleasure.
0: So basically, the same <laughs> it's definition.
1: The same thing. Just <laughs> refers. One's a verb and one's a noun. It's the same.
0: Delight. Thing. What is it? Am, am I? Is it Chronicles of Narnia? Is that the Turkish delights?
1: Turkish delights. Is that where I've that never comes had from? Turkish delights. But there was someone in I that book
0: so, that yeah. was like obsessed with Turkish delights or something, and it gets him in trouble. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't
1: remember anything about it. I think that I only saw the Narnia. first movie. Never read the books.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of scared of wardrobes, but. <laughs> Lions and witches. (laughs) (laughs) Not witches. You're fine with witches. No, witches are cool. I made peace with them. (laughs) Okay, I bet bet you did.
1: So, so delight. Like it's funny because the word delight brings um, such tasty thoughts to my brain. Like when I think of delight, I'm like, oh, food. Like Turkish delights. Really,
0: you go to you go straight to food.
1: I go to to food. Like this is a delight. This is delightful. Like it makes me think of like like key lime pie or. Or lemon meringue pie or something, banana cream pie. Hmm. I don't know. It makes me think of pies.
0: <laughs> I think when I hear the word delight, I think of being like super tickled by something. <laughs> like for me, there's nothing more delightful than like just, it doesn't even have to be good comedy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, or sometimes it's bad comedy that like really gets me, but... Like really, something that pleases stand you. Stand up comedy <laughs> or a or sketch comedy, just stuff like that. Um, that's the kind of thing that'll really tickle me. Mm-hmm. And I I picked this word because I I think we all have a thing that consistently. It's like we find some delight mm-hmm. in it, and it's a word that has energy. Even for a person yeah, like it does, that's for, true. And, and for a person like me, that's really important because I don't. I don't show a lot of emotional excitement and enthusiasm. (laughs) Um, For me, it's actually really helpful to think about uh, things that delight me Mm -hmm. because it's it's those things that will consistently bring some actual excitement or some enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. Like when I find something that I think is funny and I show you, you can tell like, oh, Andy's really into this. And sometimes you're like, this is dumb. Mm -hmm.
1: This brought you delight. Yeah, I get that.
0: All right. So, we're going to talk about something today that has been on my mind a fair amount lately. And it's one of those things that I've always I mean I mean I've known it for a while. It's something that every therapist kind of knows, but there's a difference between knowing it in your head and knowing it in your bones where like it really sinks in. And um, it's this one question that you can ask during an interaction or a conversation with your spouse that can change your whole relationship in that moment. Mm-hmm. And the question that you have to stop and ask yourself in the middle of a conversation, especially a conversation that doesn't seem like it's going so well.
1: Like a conflict of some sort.
0: Yeah. 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 And it can be a conflict. It can be uh, your partner expressing something to you that you're having a hard time Staying focused on, or connecting with, or it's annoying you, or something. Um, but the question that you're going to ask is, "What is this interaction really about?"
1: <laughs> I like how you you mentioned that, like you know, of course, you knew this as a therapist. Probably easier to practice it with other part with other couples um, in therapy. But that um, I've noticed that. It's in practice in our marriage just in the last couple of years. Like it's finally like settling in where we're both feeling that. And so we both can kind of um, ask that question when we're having discussions.
0: Yeah, and it's always easier. I mean, when it's not my discussion, mm-hmm. like I'm not part of the couple for me just to say, hey, so what is this really about? Mm-hmm. But when I'm part of it, I'm like, no, what it's really about <laughs> is me being right. You know, yeah. Um And so it's harder to step back and and do it yourself. So
1: coming from like a professional therapist, this question is really helpful for marriages, but it might take a lot of practice.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, I tell people that, you know, I go home and I have all the same problems that you do, Mm -hmm. right? I still have to put in the work just because you know something doesn't mean it's easy to do. And this is actually a really difficult skill to learn to practice no matter who you are. And Really, kind of the point of this is that often our conversations, especially our conflicts, are not about what we think they're about or they're not about what they appear to be about.
1: Okay, so example.
0: Yeah, so for example, uh, let's say that we're having an argument about parenting and how we should parent the kids or whose fault it is that the kids are the way that they are or whatever it is. It appears that what we're talking about is parenting, that's partly true. But what we really might be talking about is, do you think I'm a competent person? And uh, are you blaming me for everything? Mm -hmm. And right, those kinds of things, right?
1: It's there's a deeper rooted, um, and it's different, probably on each side, depending on who started the conversation. If one person, if one of your the partners is saying, like, man, the kids are like so naughty and you have no, you know, you're not good at holding them accountable, blah, 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 blah. Like, I wish you would do this. We should do this together as a team parenting that the person who's initiating it might be like, I feel alone in this and I need your support and I need you to hear what's important to me. And the other person might be feeling like, oh no, you don't think I'm competent. And Am I, am I giving that example? Right?
0: Yeah. Like for me, we start this conversation about parenting and pretty quickly as we start having feelings about the conversation, mm-hmm. um, then it shifts and we're, we're still using the language of arguing about parenting. Mm-hmm. But the experience that I'm having is, oh, I'm feeling really judged by you right now.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's making me question how you see me as a person Mm -hmm. but we're not saying that what we're saying is you know we're pointing the finger back the other direction and saying well you don't do this either you know how dare you come at me Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you know you're no better than I am about this and so we we blame we go back and forth we uh we get confused where we're like You know, and and defensive where it's Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't know where this is coming from because I do this, this and this. So you're going to have to give me an example. And then we shoot down every example they give Mm -hmm. and end up just everybody getting more frustrated. And it
1: just it just gets really messy.
0: Right. It's basically as soon as your feelings get involved, it kind of ceases to be about what it was originally about. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, it could be true of really any topic when we're talking about money. Mm -hmm. Right. What are we really talking about here? Maybe for me, it's about security. Mm -hmm. Maybe for you, it's about control. Maybe it's about, right? We're talking about these other things with money just being the context for it, Right. right? We're talking about politics. We're talking about personalities. We're talking about whatever. And I mean, it's really easy to just have the conversation that you appear to be having and to just go back and forth. And that, that's kind of the natural course of things. We're just gonna keep talking politics or parenting or whatever. Um, and it's really hard to stop and say, okay, what is this really about? And you, you made a good point. It's not just what is this really about, What's what is this really about for you, mm-hmm. right? And it's the ability to stop and put your own hang up, whatever it is that you're hung up on, whatever point it is that you're trying to make, to put that on hold. And ask the other person, "What is this really about for you? Like, let's figure mm. out what we're really dealing with here." Oh, you're feeling super judged by me, and wondering if I actually like you, mm-hmm. right? Hey, that's a different conversation, right? Like, I'm going to respond to you very differently on that than I am if I think I'm just disagreeing with you on parenting. And we've done this, yeah, where we've gotten in the you know the heat of a conversation, and um, we don't do that and you end up doing damage in those conversations. It happens to everybody where, when you don't realize that we're actually, you're actually interacting with your partner's insecurity or you're Mm -hmm. interacting with some tender feelings that they're having that are not maybe super obvious right in -hmm. that moment. Um, When you're interacting with those things and you're doing things like doubling down and using a, a tone of frustration, And interrupting them and so on, you're actually doing damage because you're interacting with kind of this squishy thing for them Mm -hmm. and you need to have a softer touch with it. Um, And that's what this question does. But again, it's hard.
1: It's so hard. Well, and a lot of it requires um, a deep level of attunement because you have to kind of recognize when your partner... Is react like if I were having a disagreement with Andy and he were to react in a way that's just contrary to how he normally would, if he got like super angry about something or super sad and started crying, like I would be like, "Whoa, whoa, okay, well, what, what do you think this conversation's about?" And we can kind of backpedal a bit and be like, "Where did we, where did we go off track here? Like, what's this really about?"
0: Yeah, and I would ask it a little bit differently. I would say, "What is this conversation about for you right now?" Right. Right? Or I mean, I know I'm saying this is the one question, but there's lots of ways to ask the one question. It's like, wait, hold on. Let's press pause on the conversation. And how are you feeling Mm -hmm. right now? That's the same question. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, again, I mean. It's
1: addressing the feelings more than the conversation topic.
0: Yeah. Every every, um, intense conversation you have with your partner is about one of just a few things. Could be about feelings, could be about insecurities, could be about wants and needs. Mm-hmm. There's really not a whole lot else that it ends up being about. Could be about really, this is about my need to connect. Mm-hmm. It could be about the the shame that I'm feeling. It could be about the fear that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it could, could feel be about- the
1: insecurities that, I mean, and insecurities can run super deep. Right. Like you never know what it's going to- I never know what it's going to bring up sometimes.
0: <laughs> well, and everybody brings, you bring your own set of insecurities to the marriage. Everybody, it's it's not even that it's, oh, this is my insecurity that's associated with Leah. It's mm-hmm. this is my insecurity that I brought with me from my whole just life before general. we ever met. Yeah. And you've got your things. Yeah. And when those show up, right, we kind of project our insecurities onto our partners. It's a, just a thing that happens yeah. when you are in that kind of a relationship with somebody. And so, being able to pause and see, like, hey, am I interacting with the tender part of you right now? And maybe I want to reconsider whether the most important thing is for me to be, right. be heard, to be right, to get what I want, to whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe those things can take a back seat because it's more important that I interact with this tender part of you in a way that is connecting and healing. Yeah. Right.
1: I mean, this all kind of reminds me, I don't know, everybody's probably seen it. I feel like it went viral a few years ago, but the whole it's not the nail kind of a video. Oh, yeah, it's not about the nail. It's not about the nail, right? And, like, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to just, like, what's the – spark notes it for you. So (laughs) this lady with um, a nail in her forehead – right? Uh, but you don't know it's the nail on the forehead. Like the way it's shot, it's basically a husband and wife sitting on the couch talking and she's like, my head just hurts so much. And I feel, and she's, and she's sharing her feelings. All my feelings. sweaters are snagged. All my sweaters my are snagged. Yeah. Like, and she's sharing all of her like hardships right now. And the husband's looking at her all incredulously. Like it's the nail, like just take the nail out. And she's like, it's not about the nail. And what, what was, for, what was interesting I want to say frustrating, but only because as a woman, um, when it went viral, it was, you either got people who were like women mostly who shared it and were like, yes, just listen to what we're trying to say. We just want to be heard. Like, you know, you don't have to solve the problem. We just want our feelings like you, you, that's a tender, like we just want to be validated or like, you know, and the way that um, it was mostly shared by men that I saw like that were in my circle in college were like stupid women. Like you guys don't even, you make your own problems. Like you can just solve your problems. You just like to whine.
0: (laughs) It goes along with the, you know, the, well, happy wife, happy life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, things like that. Uh, what's the other one? There's another one. I can't remember what it is right now. Um, but yeah, it does, it does try to make a good point and it does make a good point right, right. where it's no I, j- I don't need you to fix it i just need you to listen mm-hmm. and men are not exclusively the ones that fix some women are really bad at
1: they're the fixers at,
0: at listening and they're yeah. gonna try to fix it instead we all do it um so i would say that it gets an it the, the video itself maybe gets a d minus because of the, the <laughs> yeah overt gender stereotypes that aren't super helpful but the point that it, it's trying to make um gender aside is really good yeah well it goes
1: back to what we were saying where that's a tender part right so when it's not necessarily the problem at hand you might be talking about politics and it brings up an insecurity inside you or it gets to a squishy part and it's no longer about politics now we need to engage with the the squishy part
0: right oh i remembered what it was it's the it's the you can either be right or you can be happy Oh, where it's this, it's this, uh, makes me cringe. this, the sentiment behind it is basically, yep, just ignore other people being wrong and stupid because, you know, you can either be right or you can be happy. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of this smug, like, I'll just sit here and let you be wrong. Yeah. And if you think you're right, then I can be happy. And it's kind of this condescending, like mm-hmm. I'm above you. I'm, you know, sort of thing. I, I, I don't like that one either. And it had a little bit of that vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, circling back to what we really are talking about here <laughs> is if you can learn the skill to stop in the middle of a of an intense conversation and to figure out what are we really talking about, you're going to find so many opportunities to connect with your partner in times where that conversation might have ended in frustration or it might have ended in just outright disagreement, hurt feelings. Uh, sometimes you don't even know that you hurt feelings mm-hmm. um, and and you're just going to find opportunities to connect, to understand um, and to leave those conversations in a much better place. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in a bit, but it literally does not matter that much if you resolve the disagreement or the conflict that you're having compared to the importance of connecting with your partner and having a positive kind of a a safe a a safe emotional experience a Mm -hmm. safe emotional interaction with them that's really what matters for your marriage it doesn't act it doesn't matter if you get to an an understanding on politics or parenting or whatever Mm -hmm. those things are going to happen it's all about the connection yes we'll be right back after this
1: all right, we're gonna do a fun activity, Andy and I together. We're gonna to do a couples
0: quiz. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, is this like one of those Valentines? Yeah, we did Valentine's one. If you things. follow us
1: on Instagram or TikTok, we did one of those for Valentine's Day. Oh, so it's Day. like the TikTok. Yeah. The TikTok. The TikTok. I meant the on TikTok, the like the video. The no, 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 no. I'm not a
0: the Facebook person. Um, the TikTok. The TikTok video. It. Yeah. The Just video. to be clear. Oh my gosh, that makes me sound like I'm.
1: 30
0: (laughs) oh yeah i I guess i 30 is old for tiktok right is Is that what they say it is yeah anyway let's do it
1: all right number one who's more sensitive Mm, i
0: think i am i'm gonna say you're more sensitive (laughs) i I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings that we both picked you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm more
1: sensitive i have less capacity for pain of others
0: (laughs) yeah well and yeah things things bother you more quickly mm-hmm. than they bother me, but you also let go of things more quickly. That's true. so i have a, I have a long few, it takes a while to bother me, but once I'm bothered, I'm bothered for a while. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so not a, not a great trait once you get to that point.
1: <laughs> All right, number two, who's the pickier eater?
0: Ooh. Uh, It's probably me. You think so? Is it me? I don't know. This is a hard one.
1: It's really hard. That's why I did that was because I feel like I am not picky anymore. However, I had a hard time eating that um, soup from the um, Filipino restaurant in Seattle that you just chowed down eating like the fish face. Oh, that's (laughs) the
0: fish face. (laughs) That's true. I, this afternoon... I got some rice out of the fridge. This is so gross. (laughs) I got some rice out of the fridge from yesterday. (laughs) And I opened up... This is another Filipino thing. I opened up a little can of it's sardines in tomato sauce oh, with yeah, chili yeah, i'm the pickier eater and i opened that up i poured it on the rice put it in the microwave mixed it up and i ate it because i was i was really hungry yeah and I'm i the didn't pickier eater i didn't hate it i'm the pick your eater hate it, yep so i'll take that that's okay, mine it's, it's me it's you <laughs> it's
1: me all right we're gonna get saucy ready <laughs> who has you know what
0: was saucy is the sardines <laughs> that's yeah.
1: sorry all right <laughs> not saucy sorry um uh uh racy no not racy not not anything to do with sex all right so who has a healthier relationship with their family oh <laughs> i think i do yeah i that's think probably, my relationship with my family is better than yours yeah <laughs> the odds aren't good you got so many siblings <laughs> it's hard to maintain it all yeah, I'm not. I'm ones. not gonna
0: elaborate on that. I agree with you, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not gonna say anything because they're. Yeah, they probably.
2: Listen. Yeah,
0: sorry. It's this is not about you, mom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um. Sorry. You're good. <laughs> Who is the flakiest?
0: Who's more like? I think to it's you. Who's flaky? <laughs> I, I. would point to you. Uh, I. Yeah, I'm probably more flaky. I'm especially hard to nail down though.
1: That's why you're flaky. Like you will
0: you will commit to something and then be like, oh okay, I have to change plans. And I'm just like, don't commit to anything. And then you won't have to change any plans. That's so true. I guess I'm pretty flaky. I'm I'm hard to Yeah. <laughs> I'm hard to get in a room.
1: All right, next one. Who is more hygienic?
0: <laughs> probably me. <laughs> you think-
1: so? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm more hygienic than you. Okay. I don't know if this is a TMI, but how many times have you fallen asleep to... on the couch without brushing your teeth at night? Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, if I get dozy, I'll go to sleep. But I mean, I woke up at like 3:30 on mm-hmm. the futon last night and I came up and I brushed my teeth.
1: Good for you. Alright, who is more affectionate? Who is, Who is more, more affectionate?
0: affectionate? Uh probably you. It's me. Yeah.
1: It's me. I'm more affectionate.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm too cautious about it. Like whenever we have guests over, uh, and this is just this isn't a COVID thing. This is just in general, when we have guests over, Leah's all like, you know, hugs hello and hugs goodbye, and I'm all like, should I give him a hug? Or no? <laughs> and while I'm sitting there, they're just like getting in their car and driving off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I probably should have given him a hug. <laughs>
1: Well, that's all the questions I had today. Thanks for being here for Andy and Leah's Awkward Who's More Blank.
0: All right. I do brush my teeth before I go to bed, just not when I fall asleep, not not in the bed. And so typically I brush my teeth at like two in the morning (laughs) whatever. Um, but that's not what we're here to we're talk We're here to about. move we're on to the next that. topic. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. See, this is what I was saying is when something bothers me, I don't let go of it. And here oh, I am. Yeah. You're like, no, Andy, that's done. We're done. We that can't was, record
1: the rest of the night. This that is that it. was so three and a half
0: minutes ago. <laughs> I'm done. Like, yeah. So we talked about that question, right? Asking that question when conversations get a little tough of what are we actually talking about? What is this actually about for me? What is it really about for you? Right? It's about feelings, insecurities, all of that.
1: So now we're going to give them practical tips. It's,
0: it's we said that it was hard, mm-hmm. but it's a skill that you can learn. And right. so here are some of the things that I think are the most helpful in actually practicing this skill of stopping and figuring out what your conversation is really about
1: right it's a difficult skill but not impossible to learn
0: no and the first thing this is actually this is probably the hardest part i can say actually again this is probably the hardest part um which is just getting right with yourself Mm -hmm. like get to an emotionally healthy place work out your own baggage recognize what your own insecurities are Uh, Part of this is being really honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. I I feel like sometimes as human beings, we're really bad at being honest with ourselves about our own baggage. Like for me, it took me so long just to admit to myself that I was like abnormally sensitive and that Mm -hmm. my anxiety was leaking leaking out on the people around me. Mm -hmm. Like I just didn't even admit that to myself because... I, it made me feel so ashamed. Yeah. But you can't, like, you have to be honest with yourself about these things. Mm-hmm. And the trick is learning to be honest with yourself while also being kind to yourself.
2: Right.
0: Where I could say, okay, it turns out I'm a super sensitive person and my anxiety is impacting the people around me in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And I am still a good person who has a lot to offer. Right. 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 That was That was kind of the key to being able to accept it. Right. So
1: like healing yourself and and working through that, it also makes it more apparent when those things get opened up in a conversation. So Mm -hmm. it's I know like the wound, like a physical wound analogy has been used when it comes to like emotional stuff where it's like, okay, you don't want to put a Band-Aid on it because the wound is going to fester underneath. Sometimes you have to open it up and like clean it out. And anyways, it's all nasty. But like (laughs) then it can properly heal. Um, and that's like what it is with emotional baggage and emotional, uh, we all bring our own like forms of trauma and stuff. And so right. when you open that up and you're aware of it and you've acknowledged it and you're facing it, even if you're actively facing it and it's not all solved yet, you're just a bit more aware of it. And in the conversations that's going to show up and you can vocalize it.
0: Right. And we, I mean, we come up with some really creative ways. Like people are really good at, um, kind of creating a, a house of cards, so to speak, where we have everything arranged just perfectly in our brains and in our lives, and the way we look at things and the things that we do, mm-hmm. to where we can cope with all of our baggage without actually healing from it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's it's it really is a helpful survival trait in a lot of ways. Yeah, because uh, so much of our baggage comes from childhood, right? Mm-hmm. And as a kid, you just don't have the tools to deal with some of those things that happen. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so you come up with creative ways to manage in spite of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's my belief that most of the time it catches up with you. I mean, eventually it will start to show up in your relationships. It'll start to show up in your mental or your physical health. Mm -hmm. And we end up having to deal with it at some point anyway. And so I, I think the best thing you can do for your relationship with your partner, and in fact, the best thing you can probably do for your own health and all of your relationships, is to get emotionally healthy. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to fix all your problems. It just means that you have to learn about yourself and what insecurities Mm -hmm. and what issues show up for you. Be honest with yourself about those and then start working towards becoming a healthier person without kind of beating yourself up and being mean to yourself and, you know, kind of losing that sense of self-esteem. Yeah. So get right with yourself. That that includes sometimes going to therapy. Therapy Mostly can be the really time. helpful. It should um, be. Books. I've read some pretty life-changing books and everybody's books are going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but read, learn. You don't know what you don't know. And Journal, when you read books, write it out. It's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. Individual processing, friends that you can talk to, things like that. There's all sorts of things that you can do, but we have to do the work, right? Um. And the, the way that that helps the most is that when we get emotionally healthy, then we're on more stable ground to put our stuff on hold, to be able to ask what the other person needs. And this is what I was saying earlier. Sometimes you have to put your own stuff on the back burner, right? Like my need to be right, my need to, for you to hear my point point. And understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to temporarily put those things on the back burner so that I can ask you what's going on for you and figure out what we're really talking about for you. It's the ability to take turns rather than to, you know, always be like, no, me first, meet my needs first, meet my needs first. When you're in an emotionally stable place, Mm -hmm. you can put your needs on the back burner and meet your partner's needs first. Right. And sometimes they're going to do that for you as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So the second thing that I, I've found to be really helpful is anytime you have some kind of science or research or data behind a practice or something that you do, uh, I just feel like it gives it weight and credibility. And there's a lot of research behind the fact that it, it really doesn't matter that much if you resolve all your conflicts with your partner. Right. It just doesn't. And in those moments. It doesn't
1: matter who's right and who's wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're actually right. And and this isn't about like, oh, if you're right, just, you know, it's not what was the thing I said earlier. It keeps slipping my mind. You can
1: be right or happy.
0: Right. You can be right or you can be happy. It's not that sort of thing. It's just that, you know, sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes it's somewhere in the middle. Sometimes it's just your opinion, whatever it is. Um, But the reality is, is that you and your partner, being on the same page and resolving all your conflicts is not really what makes marriage work what makes marriage work is when you connect with each other it's when you can disagree or you can talk about hard things Mm -hmm. and not fix the hard thing but as a result of having talked about it you at least have not done damage Mm -hmm. but often you've maybe Gained even become closer
2: mm-hmm.
0: right and and again the opportunity in here it's not um how do i describe it it's not just the idea of like oh i can listen and hear you out and then disagree respectfully like this is that's not what i'm talking about no. what i'm talking about is when you get into an intense conversation with a person that you really love and care about and are committed to other things are showing up in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And the way that you build or one of the the significant ways that you build a deep lasting connection with someone is to be safe and kind to them when they are feeling vulnerable and tender. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big deal. And that's the opportunity that's in some of these conversations. So I, I don't want you to I mean, I I think in your average conversation on the internet with a stranger about politics, yes, do the whole, hear each other out, disagree Mm -hmm. respectfully, that's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking an opportunity to be safe when the other person is vulnerable. And that's what's happening in these conversations. And so there's a lot of research around perpetual problems and that we don't actually have to solve perpetual problems that we have in relationships. There are certain things where it's not a deal breaker. I'm not going to leave you because we disagree on a political issue, mm-hmm. but I feel strongly enough about it that we probably are going to disagree. That's fine. That yeah. actually doesn't matter. What matters is if we can see one another's feelings and insecurities and be safe and kind to one another in those moments. Yeah, That's absolutely. That's It's literally all that matters. Yeah. But the third thing that really helps is to know your tendencies. Um, Leah, I don't know if you've, if if you have thought about this for yourself before, um, but you know how in a moment where you're already frustrated or a little heated or you're, you're already emotional, Mm -hmm. then you kind of get tunnel vision Mm -hmm. and you get really focused on whatever it is that's in front of you, whatever your feelings are kind of pointing you towards, And you don't really see clearly the whole picture. And Mm -hmm. um, knowing your tendencies really well can help you recognize in the moment when you're doing your thing, Mm -hmm. right? So one of my tendencies is that if I am, if I'm right, and if I know I'm right, then it's important to me.
1: That you're right. That you
0: also know that I'm right. You you
1: instantly, if we're having a discussion, you'll pull up Google. You'll pull up, let me me fact check this.
0: Right, right. Like if you're saying, you know, no, that doesn't sound right. I'm like, well, let me prove it to you. Mm -hmm. Right. So I know that's a thing for me. And so in the middle of a conversation where I'm frustrated that you haven't admitted that I'm right yet. It's if I can remember, hey, I tend to get really hung up on getting things right Maybe I'm doing that right now, and maybe mm-hmm. I need to not do my thing, and instead do a different thing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Or and some. And I know, people... I know. For me,
1: like my tendency is basically if I if I try to engage in like a conflict, I I immediately like get insecure. Like I'm or, like if you if you say something like mm-hmm. this is it, and I decide to take that leap to say mm, that doesn't sound right, then I am already. Insecure about me taking that leap and then to be wrong. And then I'm like, I really have nothing more to contribute to this. I don't want to engage in this anymore. Like, I close off really quickly where it's like, no, I don't want to do this anymore.
0: Yeah, you quit before the conversation's over. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of your things for sure. And I mean, it's just knowing what you do. I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. people, um, You know, if they feel their partner disengaging, then they'll get like harsh and snippy to try Mm -hmm. to bring them back in. It's like, okay, know that you do that.
1: They double down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there's lots of things that people do in these kinds of conversations, whether it's engaging in a harsh way or whether it's disengaging and pulling away. Uh, We all do our things. And when we know what our things are, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: then it's easier for us to admit in the moment that, oh, hey, I'm doing my thing. Whereas if we don't know our issues really well and we don't know our tendencies really well, then in the moment when it's happening, we're going to say, no, I'm not doing that. They're wrong. I'm justified. Right. And it's it's totally appropriate
1: to like pause when you feel that happen. Like when you notice one of your tendencies to just pause and be like, hey, this is where I'm at.
0: Yeah. And we, I mean, that's something that we've, that we do a fair amount now Mm
2: -hmm.
0: where, I mean, it wouldn't be, uh, surprising if I were to say, I'm just really hung up on being right about this because Mm -hmm. I'm right about this. Yeah, And, you know, even just being able to admit out loud, Hey, I'm, I'm hung up on this. I'm doing this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, even that can be helpful. It can be even more helpful to be like, Hey, I'm really, I'm sorry. I got caught up in my thing. I'm focused on being right. And I think I'm missing, where you are. That would be mm-hmm. a better way to go. Right. But that's not that's not easy.
1: Right. Or or like in one of our um discussions that you and I had, like a little con like we were we went way off track. But like I remember you saying like I'm worried that you think this of me like that you're seeing me in this way Mm -hmm. and the fact that you could like stop and vocalize that and I could be like, oh, okay, I can like, I'm sorry that I could see how that you got there kind of a thing.
0: And that's the next level here is not just to stop and try to ask your partner what's happening for you. It's to be able just for yourself to say, well, hold on. This is actually what this conversation is about for me now. Mm -hmm. right and in this instance that you're talking about i did stop and i said i and i said something like that i'm i'm worried that this is what you think of me and i don't Mm -hmm. like like that's what this is about for me now and that took the conversation a whole different
2: direction direction
0: yeah and and so this isn't just stopping and asking this question of your partner it's also stopping and asking this question of yourself what is this really about for me right now what do i need what what insecurity Mm -hmm. is being touched on how am i feeling and what do what would I like to be feeling or what would I like to see happen in this conversation? Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to be able to stop for long enough to ask the question of yourself or your partner so that you can find what the opportunity is for you to connect and build that emotional safety, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to, you know, doing more damage by just hashing the thing out over and over and over again and going in circles.
1: Right. Or or worse, leaving it Empty, like leaving it unresolved. And it's just mm-hmm. like an open ouch.
0: Like. Right, where it's that didn't go so well and then we never talk about it again. And, yeah. You know, it and takes then, a few days to wear off.
1: Well, and what that does is that damages the trust, like foundational trusts, because like we've talked about trust before, but like trust being sort of that like leaning into vulnerability and saying like, hey, I'm taking this risk and we're going to work through this. And if it's met with like a negativity, if it's met with um, a hurtful response, then that kind of damages that trust.
0: Right at really at a core level, because at some point it becomes, you know, do I really trust that you that you care about me, or do I think mm-hmm. you don't care about hurting my feelings? Mm-hmm. Right, that starts to be about intentions. Like, oh, if if I don't if I don't believe that you care mm-hmm. that you hurt my feelings, that's that's next level. Yeah, that's that's a tipping point for trust, and little conversations add up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why we need little conversations to go the other way too, mm-hmm. where it's 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 not going to be you know this earth shattering connection every time where, you know, we stopped in the middle of our conversation and talked about how we were feeling and what was really going on for us, right. but it's a thousand little moments like that that connect people rather than you know big moments I can't really think of the last like great big moment that you and I had
1: right but I can think of some smaller ones Some smaller ones And, and the way that I see it like just to I'm an analogy kind of a person but like if that were like if you were in an earthquake and everything's shaking and it's all very scary in that moment you can imagine that's how it is with a conversation that's intense and heated and vulnerable and all that stuff um and it's just a matter of do you resolve it does the earthquake end and everything's okay or did the did the house fall down right and and how many times can that house crack and break and everything like that before it can't be rebuilt
0: yeah yeah and this isn't to sound you know scary of like oh all those little fights (laughs) that you're having are going to add up to your relationship not working no it's all Um, about balance but it's it's that it Uh, It also can. It's just it's a long, slow process for most couples who just fight over the same thing over and over and over again. And eventually you just do enough damage around that that it becomes not just about, hey, we have this fight, this recurring fight or this recurring argument. It becomes about, hey, when we talk about this, we... We do more damage than... Well, it's, it's when we talk about this, we question... The feelings and commitment mm-hmm. that we have for each other, because it it it's so hard because it's kind of stacked up, and it really sneaks up on you. And so that that's the importance of making sure that we take the the small opportunities to connect when we're having hard conversations. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to get it right every time. Um, but you don't have to get it right every time. You just have mm-hmm. to get it right often enough that you keep the that, that you keep the foundation strong. And that you can survive the times that, you know, it doesn't go so well. Yeah. Because that's normal. That's that normal, is normal too. So hopefully this helps.
2: Yeah.
1: Thanks for joining us. If you liked today's episode, follow the podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram for more great ideas. Also, check out our blogs and learn more about us on thoughthoney.com. Have a great day, and remember to just be yourself.
0: The big B. See you (laughs) next time.